This is your go-to podcast dedicated to getting the exclusive scoop from the industry's top influencers that are helping to shape the cybersecurity, audit, and IT governance landscape. Tune in as we dig deep and learn their motivators, explore their industry journey, and investigate their ideas and predictions on what the future holds. This is Isaka's CyberPros. Welcome to the show. Thanks everyone for joining us today. I'm John Brandt, Isaka's Director of Professional Practices and Innovation. I want to introduce my guest, Naomi Buckwalter. Thank you so much for joining us to talk about cyber workforce issues. Hey, John. Nice to be here. So for our listeners here, um, I comb the web there and I'm on LinkedIn and, and I came across uh, a lot of what Naomi's is uh, writing about out there. And and I'm gonna, in a second here, I'm going to give an opportunity to introduce herself, her background or whatnot. But she's just one of these real people out in industry that is just calling out some of the things that need to be said here. So I'm super excited. I really think that our listeners and viewers are going to are going to find some good stuff out of this. And uh, hopefully it's a really good conversation. Naomi, if you would just give a little bit of background about yourself and uh, what you currently do for a living. Oh, well, sure. You know, yeah, I love talking about myself. It's something that I'm getting uh, too good at, I would say. Uh, hey, everyone. Thanks for being here. My name is Naomi Buckwalter. I'm currently the Director of Information Security and IT. Yes, long and fancy title. Uh, at Beam Technologies, where we make their, our mission to bring smarter dental care to the entire United States. Even though I think, John... Dental care should be like a human right. Like why only people who have full-time jobs? I won't get into politics, I promised you. <laughs> uh, I've been in technology and security for over 20 years. Uh, I know I look young, but that is the filter on my camera. So thank you, Apple. Uh, I love this community. I'm here to to really just bring some light into the frustrations that I've seen really is just, we are a, a bunch of charlatans sometimes. I right? like think about, uh, how hard we make cybersecurity sounds and, and how difficult we say our jobs are. Now, I will say, I think our jobs are difficult. I just don't think it's hard to learn. It's not hard to do if we had enough people who helped us do our jobs, right? We just need more people in security. We need more people doing security. It's not really just a full-time thing. I think more people need to be doing security in their everyday jobs in order to win the war on cybercrime. So I'm here today. Hopefully you can help me spread the word. We need more defenders in cybersecurity so we can win the war on cybercrime because I, John, I would love to sit on a beach when I'm retired. I want to drink an overpriced mimosa and I want to get fat because I want to retire and I want to just forget about my data and my safety. And if I have gas and food and electricity, you know, those basic human things. I just want to make sure that I have that when I'm older and fatter. So I won't be able to run as fast, you know. That That's awesome. I tell you what, there's so much to unpack there. And, and that's why I just knew... Yeah, uh, and I, for our listeners and viewers, I just want to call out that Naomi is my inaugural guest here. So I'm super excited. Uh, you could just tell, you know, sometimes we also say, you know, in, in digital land, right, it's kind of hard to kind of gauge somebody's energy level. Make no mistake, if you follow anything, you know, Naomi's digital footprint, very energetic, very passionate, super excited here. So, you know, I would agree with you, right? I do think that we've largely complicated matters. And 
there's so much to really unpack here. Let's start with, I'm going to kind of ask the, uh, the question that is the kind of throwing down the gauntlet, if you will, is people talk about a skills gap and then there's, you know, alternatively, and you highlighted it multiple times over, like there's just a, a shortage of people. So from your perspective, is it a skills issue or is it a re- a shortage of, of resources? I mean, it's a little bit of both. If you're going to give me a third option, John, uh, we do not have enough people. Um, the people that we do have are overworked and over uh, underpaid, I would say, because we're doing them. We're doing the jobs of like multiple people. Think about how small your security team is, right? Like think of even the five Fortune 500 companies. I can't tell you the number of Fortune 500 companies that have like 10 people doing security full time. And you would think that, you know, they would have more, but uh, they don't. And it's super scary. So I will say the people that we have in security are fine. They're great. Uh, we, we do need more of them. We need people of high integrity, high emotional intelligence, great critical thinking skills. We need all of that. And those are the skills that I think the next generation already has. We just need to give them a chance into getting that real world hands-on experience and work in a real environment. So is there a skills gap? A little bit, because I will say the people who don't have the chance to work in a real world experience or real world environment, they're missing that skill. They're missing that experience. And they can't really get that in hands-on labs or anything like that. It's a lot harder to reproduce, right? Like when a when a business client is like yelling at you to get something done and you're just like, no, we need to do security. And meanwhile, like, no, forget security. Right. So we need a lot more. Uh, in fact, uh, we just need more people. We need more people. And then from the other side, uh, w- there is a demand gap also, John, I will say. And here's what I'm saying. It's not the people that are the problem, not the candidates, not the entry level people. That That's not really the problem. It's the hiring managers, the executives, the leaders in cybersecurity who don't understand that we need the next generation. We need to hire and train the next generation of cybersecurity professionals. And we need them because we're going to retire soon. And the people that need to be stepping into our shoes are never going to get the experience that they need unless we hire them today. The, the veterans of tomorrow are going to be the new people today. And so why aren't we hiring that next generation? It's because we think cybersecurity is super hard to learn or it's super hard to do. And uh, I will say again, I don't think cybersecurity is hard to learn. Not anymore. Maybe 10, 20 years ago it was, but now we have resources, white papers, books, webinars, awesome podcasts like yours, John. Thank you, Isaka. We have so many things out there that are just freely available to anyone who's willing to learn and put in the time and the effort and the energy. They have mentorships, programs to help new people. We have all that now. Yes. And all these people have been doing this for years and years. Why not now take the people as they are and give them a chance? And I will, I will say, John, I have done this myself and I know it works because I've done it. And I actually pushed myself to find like the least qualified person. And like in my mind, in terms of cybersecurity, I hired somebody who with zero tech experience, right? She had an opera singing background. <laughs> it was just like, you know, at one point I was like, oh, there, there's no way she's going to learn this stuff because it's way too hard. I'm like, oh, so hard. I was proven wrong time and time and time again. She she is currently a full-time cybersecurity analyst. She is crushing it. She is just smart. She's just smart, right? And I think there's a lot of people out there like there. I don't think she's actually unique. I think she's special, but I don't think she's unique because I think there's plenty of people just like her. So don't know if I even answered your question, John. I'll just keep talking until you tell me to shut up. No, actually, no, you did. And, and, and I think, so there's two things. One is 
you know, when I was working on my master's in, in workforce and in development, it, it was actually intriguing to me when we talk about skills gap historically, and this is this is academic research will tell you that that actually aligns to soft skills. And, and what I'm hearing for, from you, and just like I've heard from a lot of folks throughout this year is, listen, we could teach people to do the technical stuff. We could teach them to analyze some stuff. What we need is we need some people who could critically think, who can actually look at things a little, little differently. They're motivated, they're self, you know, self-motivated, quest for knowledge, right? All of those types of things. And you had mentioned there that you think that we have those today. I think I would partially agree with you that there's undoubtedly tons of people out there that I think could fit the bill. In looking at other industries, though, the the challenges we're facing right now are not actually unique. And ISACA's research, the state annual state of cybersecurity research, we've we've seen this time and time again that when we ask them what's the biggest shortfall in your in your workforce, it's resoundingly soft skills. It's not the technical stuff, which kind of speaks to your point. Now, you know, as from a practical perspective, I, I kind of take a step back and I go, well, is it really our problem to fix? Well, no, because it's bigger than us, but then if not us, then who, right? Like this is that rub of trying to figure it out is I, this is just John's pie in the sky opinion here is the easier we've made things for individuals with apps and phones and everything else, the less likely it is for them to be able to grind it out when things get tough. And I, and that's just one of the things like, how do you teach perseverance unless you, you have a, you know, a, a tough time in your life? Cause that's really where you, where you get it. Right. Would you agree? Uh, are you asking if I'm resilient? Yeah, yeah. I, I would say so for sure. Uh, and even more so thanks to the uh, shit show that is the internet. Uh, sorry for the French, but um, you mentioned, you know, is it our problem to solve it? And I would actually question what you're doing right now is probably helping solve the problem, John. So you might think it's not my problem, uh, not my problem to solve as an individual, but the fact that you're having a podcast and you're having a conversation and you're bringing this up as a topic, you are already trying to solve the problem. So if we have more conversations and more people bringing up the topic in normal conversations and normalizing the fact that this can be done, people start realizing, hey, wait, this is everyone's collective problem that we know we're trying to solve here. We're never going to rely on the government. The government's here. They're going to solve all the problems, right? We're not going to rely on a company like Microsoft to hire 200,000 people within the next X number of years, whatever they said they did in their latest PR release. We can't rely on that because I think it's been done. It's it's failed. But think about other industries too that have done this and solved this problem like medicine. You know, right? you, you just talked to hit, you know, this high point here and it's something that just scares the crap out of me because to your point, it is, we, we know undoubtedly have a shortage of people. We have a, a huge imbalance in the supply demand curve without a doubt. But this, then the, the skills gap, which is, I would argue is probably a little bit mid tier and above is because what we need continues to change. Right. And that's the thing. We're like, we're chasing a moving target. We look at where people are just putting a lot of stock into AI or, you know, to include ML. And it's like, okay, great. But all we're doing then is reallocating what we need. So maybe you need a few less people over here doing X, but then you basically need them over here to do algorithm work and whatnot. So we continue to shuffle the pile. I love the fact that you opened and said we need more net defenders. I absolutely 
agree with you. And, you know, the problem is from a marketing spin, right, is offensive is sexy. Like, let's just, right, like that is, people are like, oh, I want to be a hacker. Okay, well, I get it, but that market is less. We need more people to actually, to kind of grind it out and, and figure it out. Where I was going with that is you talked about, you know, the, the big conglomerates that are out there and, and, you know, and obviously they should be doing something, right? And, and I think the question is, is that there's a lot of good stuff happening in small levels, but nothing collectively is, is proven to scale. Whereas up to now, you know, and you look at folks, you know, the one person you talked about who, you know, was an opera singer, right? And no, didn't come from anywhere in our industry. And that's awesome. And, and that we, there's tons of those success stories out there. They didn't come up through IT. There is some benefit and there's a lot of benefit to having come up through the ranks, but not every cyber job is hands-on keyboard. And I think that speaks to your point is hiring managers don't necessarily know what they need or what's really efficient, right? Because I would be looking across the organization and we see some of that is happening to gather interest and whatnot because an employee that works in your company understands the mission, the culture and everything is an easier transition. And then you go, okay, listen, these are the things, kind of baby steps to fulfill your needs. A lot of uh, mergers and acquisitions and this cloud movement, all of a sudden when I look at things, we're really back to like early 2000s where everything is, is getting to be vendor specific again. And I don't know what your thoughts are. I'm welcome. And it kind of scares the crap out of me because it becomes then increasingly difficult to train because there's a barrier of entry when it comes to licensing and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's what those gatekeepers like to do. They like to put up these arbitrary gates, X number of years of experience, a CISSP for an entry-level job all these different requirements, a bachelor's degree, a master's degree, like all these things. And then you ask yourself, do you really need this, all these requirements to do a job that maybe doesn't need all those things? So I used to be a gatekeeper, I will say, John, because I, I used to think, you know, I'm smart. I want to be smart. I want to be the smartest person here. And I wanted to prove that. So I, I went out and got a bunch of certifications, got a couple of master's degrees, and then later realized, wait, no one likes me. Like no one actually likes to work with me. <laughs> They're just ignoring me because I'm an asshole. Uh, and once I realized that, it took a while, I would say like maybe 12, 13 years into it, I realized uh, I'm actually not improving the security posture at my company. Nobody's really listening. I am just not great at my job, right? Because I had the soft skills of a piece of Klingon toilet paper, <laughs> like a used toilet paper, right? So I, I wasn't great at it. And once I realized that, I'm like, so hold on. So if I'm nicer and I empathized and I was able to speak the language of the business, I think I think I slowly got the point that, you know, I don't need to be a gatekeeper anymore. What I really needed to do was just look inside myself and be self-aware. And then once that happens, all worlds just opened up to me. I'm like, hold on. Like I didn't need all, all these uh, master's degree in computer science. I don't need databases and all these other crazy things that we say we need. Like because technology is constantly changing. It's constantly changing. And everyone says, oh, you need the fundamentals and the fundamentals. Well, what exactly are the fundamentals? Can you define those for me? Please, please, anyone, tell me what those fundamentals are. I don't think it's databases. I don't think it's networking. I don't think it's all these other things. I think it's just being very, very comfortable with technology 
and very comfortable with, with the internet. And that's basically it. You can find anything you need to know about networking and databases when you come to a problem that needs that information. But I don't think you need to know that before you even apply for entry-level cybersecurity jobs. No, I don't. We're at that point that we've evolved in this industry that we no longer need that stuff. Maybe we did 10, 20 years ago, but we don't need it now. And that's what I'm saying. We need to hire and train the next generation, and it won't happen unless we give entry-level people a chance. You nailed it there, you know, and, and there's a lot of folks. It, to me, it's almost criminal that there's a lot of a lot of people out there that have spent their hard-earned money or took out loans to go get certifications, degrees, or whatnot, and they're sitting on the sidelines in skills atrophy. It's not for a lack of their effort on their side, but there's not enough people like you that are giving those people chances. And, and I know we'll work amongst our networks and say, hey, give this person a shot or whatnot, but we need more entry-level positions across the board. There's not enough of them. When I first got it hired at ISACA, oh boy, like over seven years ago, I recall a conference that I sat at and one of the speakers was in a, in a session, it was, it was like a keynote session or whatnot, and asked the question, show of hands, how many uh, companies out there have an organized training program? And as God is my witness, three or four hands went up only. And we're talking like hundreds of a person seat, right? And, and that, and I don't really think that the, the problem has changed much. So it's one of those things that it's great and you should be giving people a chance, but in order to do that, you have to be a culture to, to basically promote on the job training and whatnot. And that's why alternative pathways in the workforce to me are really going to get us without them. We're not going to get there right at the end of the day. And I'm not saying uh, universities do, they do survey need. However, two to four year programs are not, we can't get enough people through them, uh, those programs fast enough. And by the time they get out of there is what they were teaching actually even what's going to be necessary. And the data isn't lying right now, you know, probably not. And historically, it's just not going to happen. We need to be focused on the competencies and teaching people how to critically think and be able to communicate and whatnot, which having done some, you know, a four year in cyber you know, in, in other people that I know they have done it, there wasn't really the emphasis on the writing and, and speaking or whatnot. It was focused on the technologies. And there's a lot of people like that. You know, you need people, you you talked about it. Most of us who have been in the industry for any length of time, we came in and we kind of did things the wrong way. We looked at things very binary, yes or no. You know, you can't do that. And there's a reason why security just, we were kind of laughed out the door. It's like, we can't stop the business. But I digress. From your perspective, in some of the things you've done, what can we do better, right? So if we, if you had a magic wand, right, and we said, hey, listen, what are, what are the two or three things that we absolutely have to do better going into 2022 to actually make a dent? Because these numbers are huge. You look at the reporting that's out there, and from my perspective, I really don't care how you came up with the fact that the number is millions of people. I don't. That doesn't matter. What matters is how do we chip away at it and make a difference? Oh, lots to unpack there too, John. Um, I will just say, I really, I'm glad you brought up the point of the training and how you asked the question during the 
the conference and only a few people raised their hand, that doesn't even surprise me. Like, it doesn't disappoint me. Yeah, for sure. But here I am. I'm actually not talking to everybody right now. So all the people who are listening, you're sitting in your car, you're kind of just like, la, 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 I can't wait to turn her off, right? <laughs> like, you're just sitting there. It, if I'm speaking to you, it probably means that you're interested at least in changing your mind into thinking, yes, maybe I can change and grow the next generation. I'm talking to you, uh, dear, dear listener. I'm not talking to the people who have their mindset. They're like, no, I'm never going to train and never going to hire the next person because they're going to just leave for better pastures and blah, blah, blah. I'm not talking to you. I'm also not talking to the people who are like me, who are already believers, who already have hired and trained the next generation. And we're happy to do it. I'm not talking to you too. I'm talking to the people right in the middle Right into that lovely middle. I'm talking to you, squishy middle. Because if you are sitting there right now and you're thinking, yeah, what, what can I do? Like, how can I help the next generation? What is my responsibility here? I would say, here's a couple things. And I, I don't have this planned out, but I'll just say, one, look for potential. There's ways of doing it. If you're asking the right questions during your interviews, you're going to find it. Do not ask questions like, what, what port is SSH? Like, and what is SQL injection? Like those answers, those questions are terrible for our discovering potential. Like you just asked a question that anyone can memorize an answer to just because they looked it up on Google like three seconds before the interview. Don't ask those questions. Ask questions that pull out the why for certain things. You talk critically about certain things. You'd be like, hey, can there be too much security and why? It's a great question to start with. Can there be too much security? The answer is yes. Yes, there can be too much security because the purpose of security is to enable the business. You're not there to stop the business from doing anything. You are there as a risk management feature for the business. You are a service for the business. So can there be too much security? Yes. Then you ask them why. A great question asked in order to figure out people's motivations and their ability to think critically. Give them a scenario. Be like, here's something, uh, you know, here's a network architecture diagram. What security or controls are missing? And then ask them why. Say, all right, you're missing a web application firewall. Okay, why would you need that? All right, you're not segregating your tiers and your data. Okay, why Why do you need to segregate your data? Stuff like that. Like you just ask those questions and have them answer. Ask, answer why, why, why? Those are the questions that can help you find and discover high potential in candidates. And so that is number one, find potential just by asking the right questions. And number two, I will say, another thing you can do, dear listener, sitting in your car, just can't wait to turn me off. You're sitting there making that left-hand turn right now, almost home. I will say, look inside yourself. Be really, really self-aware. Like, just start asking questions about who you are, what brought you here, what assumptions you might have that might be wrong. I certainly was able to do that. I think anyone can. If I can certainly look into myself and say I'm not the smartest person in the room, and I, I can tell you right now, I'm not, right? There's so many people more intelligent, hugely intelligent than me. Uh, I just have the biggest mouth, <laughs> I would say. But if you are just sitting there and you're like, you know, somebody just won't listen to me or or the executives won't give me a budget or they, they won't even grow my team, right? Guess what? The common denominator in all of your problems is you. <laughs> like you are the problem. So think critically about maybe why people aren't talking to you and why people aren't giving you the headcount or the resources or the money or the budget or anything else that you're asking for. Maybe you don't have the soft skills. Maybe you don't have the emotional intelligence or the business ability to speak to the business and empathize with the business. Maybe that's you. And so once you start thinking critically about that and you're more self-aware, you can now start growing from that. You are now taking those lessons that you've taught yourself and you say, wow. And then you go on from there. You move on. You learn those lessons and you move on. 
That's totally part of the human experience. You're not supposed to be the smartest person in the room. Everyone is your teacher. And that's totally fine. That is like the beauty of life. And so once you realize that anyone can be your teacher, even the entry-level people in cybersecurity, you are going to go on and do great things, I will say. Thinking back to, I think, one of the things you had talked about, I think you had used the word higher integrity, right? And, and I think, you know, that's important. I think everything you talk about there is uh, we cannot possibly know it all. And unfortunately, the job positions that are increasingly being circulated out there are looking for those unicorns that just don't exist. Like somebody who's done it all, first of all, you're not going to need all of that. And, you know, there's examples of asking for somebody with technology with X amount of years experience that actually exceeded how long the technology was out in the first place. And that's just absolutely ridiculous. That shows a lack of attention to detail on the hiring manager's part. And, it, you know, anybody who knows that, then it's kind of hard to, to take a serious, right? And the other thing is when you look at these huge numbers that are out there of how many people we allegedly need to hire, at some point, this needs to normalize. I've been advocating for a long time. At some point, you know, this is just going to, cybersecurity is going to normalize. It's going to be, it's going to be secondhand to most of us. It happened in the physical security space. It's going to happen here with, with any other discipline of it. Um, we can't continue to, to go it alone. And to your point, Naomi, you know, not only can you learn from, you know, the people in your group, even the entry level person, it's your colleagues across the aisle. And I think some of the collaboration that's happening, uh, not only between physical security and info security, but then looking at the human psychology component of it, because there is this art of persuasion and whatnot and why people do what they do. And that's an important thing of kind of how you meet them in the middle to explain to them how their actions are can be putting the business at risk. Yeah, I agree completely. Nothing to add there. You got, you got my full uh, support. <laughs> <laughs> um, so with that, you know, I, we've covered a lot of ground, Naomi. I think, you know, is there anything we didn't touch on that you, that you want, you want to take this opportunity for our listeners and viewers out there? Okay. So if you're a hiring manager, for sure, start thinking if you're the squishy middle that I was talking to uh, and you're willing to give somebody a chance, uh, you know, just ask, ask your network, ask me, I'm on LinkedIn, ask John, he's on LinkedIn. Like uh, there's plenty of people who are willing to help uh, grow that next generation. And if you just have any questions on how you can do that, there's so many resources out there, just as there are a number of resources out there for entry-level folks, there are resources out there for our hiring manager cohort. Uh, I myself have started a foundation called the Cybersecurity Gate Breakers Foundation. We are there to create resources and guides for hiring managers and the executive team to uh, hire and train the next generation. We are training the trainers. Uh, and again, if I'm not speaking to you and you're ready, made up your mind that you don't want to do this, that's fine. You go ahead and uh, delete this podcast. But if you are still here with us and you're still listening, just go out there and do some research. There's a lot of people out there who are willing to train that next generation. And I hope you are too. I hope it changes your mind just a little bit. And you want to hire somebody new, give them a chance if they show any kind of potential. Because honestly, you someone gave, a, gave you a chance too. You were hired for your potential, if whether you know it or not. Your first job, you're definitely hired for your potential. So give someone else that chance. Excellent words of advice there. Uh, you know, 
want to congratulate you on setting up that foundation. You know, I, there's not enough of those different uh, things out there. So I'll connect with you offline and see how I can help you promote the entity and basically expand your reach. I'm super jazzed. Uh, you know, that's all the time we have here today. I want to thank Naomi again for joining us with what was a very spirited dialogue about just ground truth of what's going on out there. I'm John Brandt. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for joining us today. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. To listen to more podcasts from ISACA, please visit isaka.org slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe for upcoming episodes.